0: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica.
2: Welcome back, everybody. And today, we're talking to buyers of businesses. And um, actually, during this time of year, first quarter, a lot of buyers start searching for businesses Um, I joke every year that, you know, change of career is usually like like second or third resolution. And that that ties into buying a business. So we're teaching buyers and talking to buyers about how to win a deal today.
1: Yeah. I mean, you made your resolution that you're going to buy a business. You're going to step out of corporate America. You're going to take control. You're going to be your own boss. You're going to build something for yourself instead of somebody else. All those things are great but here's the you know here's the problem there are tons of you out there there are tons of buyers competing for businesses and if you can't separate yourself from that if you can't show that you are unique or at least a good buyer You may lose a lot of deals. So, we've seen people be their own worst enemy, right?
2: Yeah. And we, especially right now, we've seen a lot of people lose a lot of deals. Um, It is true that there's, you know, there's some businesses that don't sell, but a lot of the deals that you're searching for as a buyer and um a lot of a lot of the the best businesses the ones that are most desirable there's competition on them and the sellers are interviewing and selecting buyers as much as the buyers are interviewing and selecting the business they're going to buy
1: yeah and, and and it is sort of a beauty contest it's yeah. like dating i mean yep. you know the buyers people buy or sell to people they like I mean, they, they're going to do business with people. And we see this all the time, right? When the right buyer comes through the door for a seller and we have an interview and we have a... a they meet face-to-face and we all drive away and we get that call on our cell phone. It's the seller going, that's the that's person. That's the buyer. That's you, the buyer.
2: Yeah. And you also get the ones where I will not sell to them. I don't care what the price is.
1: Yeah, I don't care. And, and, and we see that people will go out of their way and make financial, huge financial changes in the deal to accommodate someone that they like.
2: Yeah. And it's, I mean, you have to put yourself in the seller's shoes. If you're a buyer, these are people that have built companies um, over five, 10, 20, sometimes 40 years And they really do care about the legacy of the business. So we're going to go through 10 ways today of how, as a buyer, you can win the hearts and minds of the seller and you can win these deals.
1: Right. So do you have the first one?
2: Yeah. So the first one is have respect for the seller. Um, And this is a big one. We know that as a buyer, you come in, you have lots of ideas for the business, how to grow it, what's not going well, what could be better, but have respect for what the seller's built And who they are.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, every time when I interview a seller, first of all, I'm not being disingenuous when I say this. But usually when I'm leaving, I say, wow, congratulations, you have built a great business. I would be honored to work with you on selling it. Now, as a buyer, you could walk away from the business and say, wow, you've built a great business. Now, you could say two things. And we've seen people do two things. They could say, hey, listen, you've built a great business congratulations. It's not for me, but thank you for spending your time with me. Or they say, Hey, I really need to think about this. I would be honored to run this business someday. I just got to see if, you know, I got to talk to my wife or my uh, husband or or my, my partners or my banker, but be respectful, right?
2: Yeah. And I mean, it, it wins you points with not just the seller, but also the brokers and advisors that are involved in the transaction. And if, You choose not to move forward with that one. Those advisors would say, "Oh, that's a really good buyer. Really, you know, decent person to run a business." And we'll think of you for other deals.
1: Yeah, that's that's (laughs) a great point. I've seen that happen. It's like, hey, I just listed something, and I'm working with another broker, and and I call that broker and I say, "Hey, I got a good deal for your guy."
2: Yeah, because you make yourself memorable, and and I think too, this goes back to again, we know there's things you're going to want to change in businesses, and we're going to talk about that later, but. Especially if you've never run a business before, if this is your first venture into entrepreneurship, running a business is hard and no business is perfect. Right. And pointing out the areas of improvement right off the bat um, can really turn off a seller.
1: Don't try to be the smartest person in the room. Just listen. Listen. Use your ears. That's why you got two of them and only one mouth. Be respectful and listen.
2: So what's the what's the next way to win?
1: That's you? my pet peeve, right? <laughs> it is you need to dress like you're in business. You need to dress like you're serious. And I and it, listen, everybody's getting uh, that it doesn't matter. I, you rich people wear jeans or shorts. And I, I've listen, I've had some very, I've had billionaires come look at businesses, and if you look like a schlub. They're going to think you're a schlub. If packaging matters, if packaging didn't matter, you would walk in the store and everything would have white, you know, would have a white label with black lettering. That's not what happens. Packaging matters. You need to look respect. A part of being respectful is dressing respectfully. And you need to dress like you're a buyer. Now, it doesn't mean wearing a tie or a tuxedo. But it means being sharp and wearing something that isn't worn out and something that you're, you're showing respect for yourself and you're showing respect for the, the seller of the business.
2: I mean, it comes down to it really shows that you're taking this process seriously, right? And you want to demonstrate that you're a serious buyer. You know, we, we, we live in a society where first impressions count. And honestly, in these deals, sometimes all you get is one meeting with these sellers before the deal's off the table. All right. So moving on, uh, next thing kind of pivoting is be ready to discuss your finances. So if you're in a deal that's competitive and you're trying to win, have a personal financial statement prepared to show how you're going to pay for this business, where the cash is coming from, if you're going to use financing, already have some conversations with banks, um, and know your stuff. No what an SBA loan is. And, and we have topics on the show that can help you with this, but be ready to discuss your finances with the seller and the broker that's representing the seller to ensure, make sure they know that you have the money to buy the business.
1: Yeah. The, the seller is going to give you personal information. They're going to give you confidential information. They're probably even going to talk to you about their business processes. We're, we're going to advise them not to give the, give you the recipe, for running their business, but they're going to give you a lot of confidential information and they want to know you're serious. And part of knowing you're serious is knowing where your money is coming from. And if it's uncle bill, then uncle bill should be at the meeting and be shaking his head. And uncle bill should dress appropriately as well. But (laughs) if uncle bill is going to be there, you need to make sure you need to, I, I don't worry. I'll get the money is the worst, uh, worst response i've ever heard
2: yeah and this this goes back to to the sellers had advisors on the team that know what red flags are and you don't as a buyer want to inadvertently put yourself in a category as a red flag, just because you don't know. And one of the big red flags is, you know, don't worry, I'll get the money or I have investors, you know, these investors are going to back me because the advisors on the other side of the table are going to be like, okay, so are the investors committed? Do you already have the capital? Is it invested? Do you have the money in your bank account? They're, they're going to ask questions like that to ensure that you're serious.
1: And and if you think you're going to do a good du- due diligence, Uncle Bill or who, or, or your investors are going to want to crawl through it. And listen, I I did this myself when I went to buy a business, you know, I go to, I went to uh, my family's uh, attorney and my father-in-law lent me the money and he ripped me and he looked at me and he, I mean, like, listen, you got to line that up and you got to make sure that you have the money ready to go. All
2: right. So what's next up on our top 10 list?
1: You know, listen, not not only do you need to have a story about your money, but you need to have a good story about who you are. And it needs to be succinct and it needs to be truthful. And you might have to come forward with issues that are in your closet. And, you know, everybody's has issues uh, sometimes. And in the world of the internet, We could all find things that happened in our past. We were all in college once upon a time. There are issues that come up. I mean, I I thank God I didn't go to college when they had cameras. But anyway, (laughs) so if there's an issue like that or if you've ever been arrested, um, it is time to have a story and have a good story about it. Right.
2: Right. I I mean, we've had buyers lose deals for social media posts. We've had buyers lose deals for criminal records. And the reason they're losing the deals is because they're not upfront and honest with the situation. Um, we, we have sold businesses to people with criminal records. Um, some people end up with felonies on their records and there's a perfectly logical. And sometimes, you know, just you know, poor judgment or being at the wrong place at the wrong time story yeah. behind it.
1: I mean, we had one buyer who was literally working in a government office for a candidate for and and, and inadvertently or much to his dismay when he was working as a young man. Uh, the, they used uh, government time to raise money for the candidate, which is a felony. And they were all convicted and, you know. This is a 20-something-year-old kid. The buyer comes to us at 45 is buying a business and didn't tell us about it. And it, it, it just created way too much angst the day before our closing. We solved it. But it was certainly unnecessary.
2: Right. So so be honest and upfront with your story. Also, I mean, have a good story about why you're buying a business. You know, be able to tell that story to the seller. Why are you interested in buying a business? Why are you interested in buying their business? Right. Um. And, and also be succinct about it, Um. like Andy said, and just, just be able to sell yourself in that story.
1: Yep. It's very important. Okay, what's the next one?
2: Um, so have good future plans, positive plans for the business.
1: Yeah, I, I think everybody wants to know, you know, what they're going to do with the business moving forward or what their background is or what dovetails or what, what what makes them interested in their business specifically. And so I think, you know, before you go into business and you look at the business, just have some positive things that I, I, we always tell people not to change things. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But you know, just have some ideas of things that you're good at. Maybe you're good at social media. Maybe uh, you're a good crafts person. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're going to you're a good handyman, and you're going to be able to fix up the interior of a restaurant. Something.
2: Something, something, some growth plans, some positive plans. Um, We will talk about no radical changes, but not only does it set you apart from other buyers that you've done research about the business, research about the industry, you've thought about the future, but it also sets you up. If you're going to ask for seller financing in some form in in the structure of the deal, it's going to make the sellers feel more comfortable of having that conversation and having that seller financing structure. They believe
1: in you. Again, we, we, as brokers want that phone call that, was the buyer right?
2: Yep, that, that totally true. And the next one kind of is it was related to that, but right. it's you know take care of the employees and the company. Um So a lot of sellers, especially sellers that have built their businesses over multi years or multi decades, legacy is really important to them through the transaction.
1: Yeah, it's their baby, right? And 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 the employees are their kids, and you know it's their family and. We've actually had a case where the, the buyer was spewing off about how they were going to save money by firing this person and getting rid of that person and outsourcing this. And the seller stood up, slammed his hands on the desk and said, there is no closing today because I would never sell you this business and walked out. And we're talking a multi million dollar deal and he didn't care because he was going to, you know, not take care of his employees very important to this. And we, we don't think you should make major changes anyway.
2: Yeah. But you know, a lot of business owners, if they've built a good, successful business, they have a very strong loyalty to their people. Right, And we've talked about in previous shows, we actually have to have really hard conversations with sellers about not telling their employees because- they don't want to spring something like a sale on them. So one of the biggest things a seller's watching out for is how is this person or these people going to treat my people moving
1: forward? Well, and it's kind of an indication of if you're going to treat the employees bad, you might treat the seller bad. You might p- treat the vendors bad. You might treat the customers bad. So it's it's just a, a red flag. I mean, not to say that you should lie about it, but, you know, just hopefully you're, you're smart enough not to do this.
2: So what's next on our list? The
1: next one is just follow the process. You know, everybody comes in. Some people come in. We see this all the time. They're smarter than the next guy. Uh, They were investment bankers. And they want to circumvent the system somehow. And they want the due diligence and materials now. Or they want uh, to cut out everybody and sign a letter of intent and then work work in the business first. No, that's a huge red flag. And you won't get referred in by another broker ever again.
2: No, I mean, there's a process in place for a reason. And I think it's great that there's been more information and education out there for buyers. Um, But, you know, we've all read the book from Harvard. You know, there's lots of investment bankers looking for the deal. The, The process doesn't change for anybody. And it's really to protect the business. I talk about this a lot. It's not about the seller. It's protecting the business through the transfer, because nobody wants the business to falter. Nobody wants the employees to leave. Nobody wants the revenue to go down on the sell side, the buy side, or anybody affected by that business. So the process is in place for a reason. So yes, you're going to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. You're going to have to provide a personal financial statement. There's a there is a method in a way in a timeline that deals flow and there's reasons behind it. And like Andy said, again, we're watching as advisors and not just the brokers, but the attorneys, the CPAs, the bankers, everyone involved in the deal are watching for red flags to protect our client, the seller. And if you spark one of those red flags, and if it's big enough, you'll you'll never get in another deal. Yeah.
1: Yet. Yeah. The, you literally, I, I won't say blacklisted, but yeah, sort of blacklisted. I mean, we we just don't want to work with people that are just going to buck the system. And it really doesn't work. And it, 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 there's a system for a reason. Yeah. so And you don't want
2: to, I mean, again, you're not necessarily doing this on purpose. You don't want to spark a red flag for an advisor or a seller just because you don't know um, so right. if you don't know, ask ask the advisors, you know, hey, this is my first time buying a business. Can you explain the process to me? I've never been through it before. Right. That's a totally reasonable question.
1: Right. And you're not changing the industry today. You're a deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. th- it might change over time, but you're not changing it today. Yeah.
2: All right. So next up on our list is respect. It's tied together. Respect for the advisors. Um, and honor the broker's commission.
1: Yeah. I mean, you listen, uh, uh, we've had this issue many times where buyers look to the, to the brokers to save money. I will tell you, for the most part, our job is getting the sellers real and helping you get the sellers real and getting you to understand the marketplace and understand value and getting to the bank. Yes, we take a piece of the deal, and we earn a commission. But as soon as you cut us or try to cut us or try to go around us, again, you'll never get another deal as long as you live from these brokers and That's how you can grow your business.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can grow your business through acquisition. I think we have a show about that. We definitely have a show about that. Yes. But it's also another indication to the seller of how you do business.
1: Yeah. If you're not going to pay the broker or you're going to try to cut out the broker, you're going to try to cut them out later. Yeah,
2: What happens to my seller financing? What happens to my earnout? You know, what happens to my employees bonuses?
1: What happens to the attorney's fees? What happens to the the accountant's fees? What happens to not paying the vendors where there might be a personal guarantee and or the landlord where there might be a personal guarantee. Oh they uh, listen we had an I, I don't want to say which league, which sports team, but we had an owner of a professional famous guy come to us and immediately look at a landmark uh, restaurant and I won't mention the city's name, but it's uh, here in Florida. Uh, it's one of the older cities in the United States. I think I just gave it away, but anyway, yep. <laughs> it 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 was a landmark deal, and he wanted it bad. And his first announcements was, "I don't pay brokers. I don't work with brokers. I'm not. You're not going to get paid on this deal." That was his announcement getting into the deal. He didn't get the deal. Yeah. We sold it to another local family because he had already gotten a reputation for being a nightmare.
2: Right. And we just uh, talked about this. We just recorded a show about deal dangers. And one of the biggest red flags is when buyers try and cut out brokers, because there's been a history of buyers that tend to do that are trying to take advantage of the seller.
1: Right. Yes. That's a red flag. I mean, you're, you're trying to cut out one of the advisors in the deal. Now I have to give a little bit of a qualifier that sometimes we tell the buyer or seller that they need a new advisor as far as an accountant or lawyer, just because they don't know what they're doing. But if you're trying to cut someone out of the deal that knows what they're doing, uh, that's a huge red flag.
2: Yeah. yeah it's definitely different. If, if they're not doing a good job, if they're not doing their job, that's different in right. case. But so what's up next on the list? Number
1: nine. Uh, I think we're on number nine. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you got to hold your tongue If you're going to make major changes uh, and you shouldn't be making changes. We kind of alluded to this along the way about employees and things like that. But wholesale changes, price changes, uh, menu changes, uh, employee changes, changes, name changes, (laughs) logo changes.
2: Location changes.
1: Location Location changes. changes. Don't, first of all, don't talk about it if you really are dead set against it. But don't do it. Go into a business. We always say six months. Just be dumb. Go into it. Because you don't know if you're going to rip out the gold in a business. We talk about the gold in a business. The gold in the business, we talked about this one deli that was being sold uh, that was like an old soda fountain. And the guy came in and redecorated the whole thing and, and nobody came anymore. And and it was like because he, you lost the nostalgic feel. You you blew the gold out of the business. It was very sad.
2: Yeah, I, we uh, one of my friends just bought a, a restaurant in Colorado, and she didn't make this change. She actually went and interviewed the customers first, but the colors on the walls drove her crazy, right? Well, come to find out she's not a sports fan. She interviews the customers, and all the walls are the different colors of the sports teams in Colorado, and the locals <laughs> and the regulars wouldn't come if the walls weren't painting that color.
1: Right. They're just going to paint the place pink. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you never know. But look, transitioning a business is very difficult. It's a rocky ride those first six months or even a year. The last thing you want to do is make some major shakeups. You want to learn. Sometimes you don't know what the gold is. Sometimes the seller doesn't know what the gold is. And if you're just sitting there observing, being a learner, you might find it.
1: Listen, you're going to have some things to overcome anyway. Yeah. You know, like, so I bought my pasta shop with my cousin, we're 20 something years old, and we replace two 70 or 80 year old women who are standing there cooking and baking. And so new cu- the, cust- the old customers walk in and it's two kids who are 20 something years old. I'm telling you, the food didn't change. We followed the recipes exactly. In fact, you know, we were very good cooks at that time, believe it or not. And no matter what we said or did, we changed it. Yeah. because we weren't too little old ladies. So we had that to overcome. So why overcome even more stuff?
2: Right. Exactly. So leave it this leave it as is for 6 months. Just just believe us on this. Listen, learn, and if you do have plans for wholesale changes, just just bite your tongue. Um it's much Unfortunately, it's much easier to ask for forgiveness. And also, once you get into the business, say, say for instance, you want to change the name. And actually, I had this one. Uh, my sister and I bought a, an assistant company. We needed to change the name. There was right. actually an intellectual property issue, but the seller was tied to the name. So once I got into the business and found, like, reasons like we were violating someone else's intellectual property, it was much easier to sell it to the seller. This is why the name needs to be changed than in the transaction.
1: Yeah. And and my cousin bought a business from my, my, excuse me, my brother-in-law bought a business from me and it was called Mary Alice and Carol. That was the, and Mary Alice and Carol sold it to him. And so he renamed the company MAC services, you know, and, and he happens to be Mark Ceratelli. So it is, so it it kind of fit like, you know, so it was MC services, I think, but he, when he answers the phone, he says the whole name. Mary Allison Carol MC Services. And and so he, he'll he do that for a couple of years.
2: Right. It takes, well, so it, it takes. A couple of years. Yeah. It also takes like major wholesale changes like that too. It's going to affect, it's going to shake up the whole business. It's going to affect yep. the customers and employees. And so it's something you want to take seriously.
1: So finally, the last one. What's the last one? Be nice. Oh, just be nice. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is uh, very tough on the sellers, and it's tough on the buyers. It's a weary process. Uh, We show up to the closing table, and you would think that people usually have champagne. People are high-fiving. The brokers are wildly ecstatic about the commission they just made. And 90% of the time, it is not that, right?
2: No, it's not. And and there's, there's more of this conversation going on now. I think we talked about it in one show that a lot of business owners do go through kind of a lull or even depression after the sale. This is a hard process on these people that have worked in this business. Their identity and role have been tied up into it. Um, and they want to feel good about who they're selling the business to. If they don't feel good about that at the end of the day, it's going to make it a lot harder on them.
1: Yeah, there's there's plenty of reasons to be mean during a transaction. And and uh, listen, I've bought a couple of businesses in my life. Uh, and I, I, I tell the quick story of when I bought the pasta shop. You know, the seller showed up the day after uh, our first day in business and started taking money out of the cash register. And I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, well, that was my inventory you just sold forget the fact that we bought the inventory. But, and I said, are you you kidding me? And he said, no, I I made that inventory yesterday. So it's it's my money. And I, I, I could have gotten really angry. I could have, you know, lost my call. And I said, okay, so how many days does this go on for? He goes, oh, just that one. I'm like, okay, so this will never happen again. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I've actually used that tool before. I won't, Mention other stories because they're more personal in nature (laughs) uh of businesses that i've owned but you know i've looked just let it go yeah let you know and then and then just be nice because in the end you're going to win you're going to win being nice to your vendors you're going to win being nice to the buyer or sellers you're gonna win being nice to the attorneys and the accountants and the bankers right
2: yeah and you know what All of you listening to this show, you're probably buying a business in a small town. I live in Denver. It's a big city. It's a small town. You're going to run into every single person that you do this deal with in other aspects, and you're going to need them. You're going to need the seller down the road. We've talked about before, this is a short-term marriage. You're going to need their help in the training and transition. You're going to need to call them a year after the business sale because you can't find some specific thing in the business that you need to use
1: yeah, we're not saying being taken advantage of. Yeah. We're but you're going to want to be nice. I think you need you can be respectful, you can be strong. Uh I've heard people describe me as being super nice, but you know, being that you know, don't don't confuse his uh niceness for weakness. And 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 I think that's true. Listen, uh yeah, I think my goal uh, when when somebody's re- reading uh my uh, my ep- epilogue at my funeral <laughs> and you know he was a nice guy I th- listen just be nice it will get you so many more places uh, with the employees when you come in again with the vendors when you come in with the landlord oh, yes. be nice to the landlord yeah you know how many things I've gotten from my landlords over the years because I am a good tenant I help take care of their bu- buildings.
2: It's important, and all of this is important. Like Andy said, it doesn't mean you're being taken advantage of, but you're establishing a good relationship. So if things do go wrong, you can have those open and honest conversations. Yeah, because
1: things will go wrong. They always do. I guarantee you something's going to happen the day after you buy the business or the week after you buy the business. And if you have a good relationship with everybody and you are seen as a nice person, you could probably call up and unwind a few things.
2: Right. You always come to a resolution. So- there's a top 10 reasons on how you win a deal as a buyer. Um, there's probably a lot of other ones. But- no, there's
1: probably a few that we forgot. But uh again, you could get some great advice from Trans World. And and if you're listening, uh, we're probably I forget how many episodes we're in, but we're we're getting close to a hundred, maybe someday soon we're at about yeah. 70 something, I think. But this is, you know, there is great information in all these podcasts. And you can go to our our website, the dealboard uh, com, and uh, just check out some of our show notes and check out some of our episodes. Uh, look through them, and there's some great advice. And this was great advice today. It was a great idea for a show.
2: Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm, with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our Deal of the Week. Deal of the Week.
1: Sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Deal of the Week. And we have a returning guest, Mike Shea, who's had a big year uh, selling lots of businesses. And he just sold a very interesting business. So uh, We talk about a lot of different kinds of businesses on the show Uh, But, you know, we don't talk about distribution often and certainly not in the toy industry. So, Mike, welcome back. And uh, why don't you give us a little background?
3: Sure. Thanks for having me back, Andy. Um, So this company had reached out to us, um, I think it was just around uh, around December of 18. So we had gone in and met with them. They had shopped uh, services with three to four other uh, firms in town. We ended up landing the engagement. The company had been around for 30 years. Uh, there were two partners, both immigrants—one from Israel, one from England. They were brother-in-laws. Um, they had started their business uh, out of a out of their living room, um, mailing out catalogs. And actually, the first product they ever had giving it giving a holiday time—you know those crackers where you, you know your dining room table, you pull them apart, and little toys come out. That was the first thing they had ever sold. And um, they built their business year over year off of a catalog subscription-based model until they transitioned to the internet mm. and then became a completely internet-based distribution company um, occupying a 50,000-foot warehouse. They were doing about $5.5 5 a year, sometimes six. You get a hot item like a fidget spinner or a, a Razor scooter, and you know, their, their sales would spike accordingly. Um, and consistently doing anywhere between 800,000 net and a million net.
1: Wow. Great deal. So it 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 took took about a year wire to wire, right?
3: You know, it, it took a year, um, because they, the sellers had an overinflated value. So one of the things, you know, that we knew. We knew when we took the engagement and I told them what I thought the deal would land at. I, I thought, you know, their cash flows were about seven fifty, seven sixty a year prior and they were trending that the same way. And I think because it was a novelty, no pun intended, and because it was distribution which are are relatively rare in the in the Florida market, I I thought it was gonna be like a two point six to a three million dollar deal. And they overpriced it and You know, we we let it do it, quote unquote, their way for three or four months. And then, you know, finally, at about the fifth month, I, you know, it was Peter Berg and I both did this deal. You know, I walked in and said, look, you got to stop. It's not working. You know, you have to be reasonable. The math is the math. And as soon as we shifted the price point, we had six offers in a week. There you go. Um, It was crazy. And that competition drove the number up. We had five at 2.6 with varying terms, ranging from individuals to publicly traded companies. And then we landed with, you know, the other one guy just said, look, I want this bad. And basically paid what the seller wanted. Long-term lease on the deal. We were done in 30 days once we priced it right.
1: That's great. So what did it sell at?
3: Sold for 2.8 million all cash. Um, We had a 10 year lease on the deal. Um, It was an SBA deal. Um, We were able to shop it to several banks that were willing to do it. So that net 2.8 million, the so seller was happy. Buyer was happy. Uh, the buyer was in a similar industry. So they, they reload their entire company from, uh, they were in um, Pennsylvania and moved their company down into the warehouse here and kind of integrated and got some synergies on their business uh, using the distribution system and the pack and ship that they were doing down here in Florida.
1: That's great. Great deal. great Good deal for good people. And uh, Mike, if someone wanted to get in touch with you with another toy distributor. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
3: Yeah. Yeah. best way to get me is 321-287-0349. Or my email is mike at tworld.com. And you can always get me at uh, www.tworld.com backslash Mike
1: Great job. Thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody, and it is Listing of the Week, and we have Jason Poot from Transworld Business Advisors of Columbus in Ohio, the great Midwest, and Midwest is known for its manufacturing, and Jason has a really good listing for us. So, uh, Jason, welcome.
0: Thank you, Andy. We recently started to market a machine shop manufacturing company in Central Ohio, uh it's listed for $2.5 million. We're offering a 10% seller finance note. Um, it will qualify, it will pre-qualify for SBA loan. Um, included in the selling price is six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of the inventory, two hundred and twelve thousand dollars of, of FF and E, fifty thousand dollars of accounts receivable. Um, the business the business is currently producing two point five million dollars to the top line and six hundred and two thousand dollars in discretionary earnings. Um it's a father-son team team that own the business. Father's looking to retire, son's looking to do something else. Um, the business is ready to go, and everything's set up for 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 the right buyer. So we're really interested in making sure that we have a, a non-disclosure agreement signed, proof of funds, or or a complete buyer profile, um, and we got a twenty-seven page business review packet that's ready to be sent out to buyers.
1: Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. I mean. A solid business, uh, father and son team. Another another father and son certainly could take it over. A family uh, immigrating to the United States, or someone looking to get out of the hustle bustle, maybe of uh, one or the coasts, want to move to uh, you know the good old uh, central United States. I mean, it, it sounds like a really good deal for someone to pick up, or maybe even a strategic buyer, right? It's
0: fantastic for a strategic buyer, and really, you know, we've had it on the market now for about three weeks, and. We're running into a lot of strategic buyers who are looking to add capacity, um, you know, but we've had a few family offices who are interested as well. So uh, the buyer pool is deep at this point, but, you know, the more that we can expand that, the, the better it is for our seller.
1: Yeah, that's great. So Jason, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about this excellent listing, what's the best way to do that?
0: Uh, you can call me or text me on my cell phone at 614-315-7417, or my email is j. T as in Peter, O-O-T as in Tom, at TWorld.com.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a really good deal. So, so people, jump on it, folks. Get out there and get it. So Jason, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks,
1: Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.
0: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.